0: This episode of Building Barrels is brought to you by the Winds of Barbados. Please excuse their continued interruptions. Welcome. Thanks for dropping in to Building Barrels, where we explore the technology, planning and development of adventure centers using man-made waves to spread the stoke of surfing. My name is Michael, and I'd like you to join me in learning everything we can about surf park development. Together, we can build barrels in our hometown. So, in this episode, we're going to go a little bit deeper into the Surf Park Summit 2020. In particular, the lessons learned from current surf park operators. In in this panel discussion, we had Dave Likens, who's a partner in Desert Surf, and we had Shane and Courtney Magnuson, who are from the Palm Springs Surf Club and we had Nick Hounsfield, the founder of the Wave Bristol, and Andrew Ross, uh, the founder of Urban Surf in Australia. And it was labeled the war stories and lessons learned in surf park operations. So what this is, is essentially a discussion between some of the current successful surf park operators, and we'll just get right into their discussion. They started off with saying, obviously, the best location with the best business model is what's gonna succeed, of course. And as one of my big takeaways from the Surf Park Summit overview, everything in the beginning is incredibly important. As any developer should know, and if you've listened to any of my other episodes, Uh, you would know that the beginning stage is crucial in your development process. There's just so much stuff that you need to do in the beginning that plays a big impact. The due diligence of your surf park, the, the site selection is going to impact your market and then the market selection is going to impact the kind of demographics that you have and all of this Influences what kind of business model you're going to need to pursue, whether or not you're looking at a destination attraction, or an urban offering, or versus a, a suburban surf park. All this plays into who you're going to be serving and dis- determining what you're going to serve and how to them. It, you know, ultimately, it's your product offering to that demographic of your market. Now, they, we're getting into some more detail on the site selection uh, part of it. You wanna look at, you know, does your site have a, a local surf culture already? Uh, or are you gonna need to go out and target some, uh, some crossover sports uh, if they're in the area? And how are you gonna educate the public about a, a surf pool and a, a surf park? And furthermore, uh, how are you gonna classify your surf park? Uh, is it gonna be a, a surf lagoon? Are you just going to call it a surf park uh, or a surf basin? You definitely don't want to call it a surf pool. Uh, and and a lot of, I reference that term quite often, but you don't want to call it that when you're going to the public and the government and looking at how they're the regulatory environment that they're going to ha- offer you. Because if you say pool, they're going to get it mixed up with a swimming pool, and you're definitely not a swimming pool. You don't want to let let that be influence any of the decisions regarding local legislation. So getting in that, you, you want to approach the local officials very early on to discuss your surf park and engage them in the conversation to figure out what kind of classification you're going to want to pursue just so you can like really influence that regulatory environment because it's all going to play an impact on the water safety and quality in what you're going to have to do to maintain that to the local standards which obviously impacts your bottom line and furthermore you're going to want need, you're going to need to do some due diligence on the zoning and whether or not you're going to need to rezone or you know what kind of entitlements you're going to need to get and or what entitlements might be in place already but they did mention you know if you found an old water park the entitlements are probably already there, and you could easily retrofit one like they did at Palm Springs Surf Club. So, then also regarding site selection, you want to look at the transportation connectivity you know, how people are going to get there and how they're going to get back the ease of access to it, uh, as well as the site exposure you know, how be, are people going to easily see it? Um, then you also want to consider access to major services like electricity, gas if that's available, water, obviously water. You're definitely going to need to have access to all that. And is your water source going to be a public water source or are you going to drill a well to access some other water? You know, where is where's where is the pool water, the lagoon water going to come from? And all of that's gonna cost money to bring so if it's not there already you have to factor that into your, uh, your pro forma because it's, it's gonna cost money if it's not there already and you also need to look at geotechnical conditions you know, you know how deep you can dig if there's a rock like a big rock shelf underneath and there's a lot of geographical kind of things that you need to consider and last Andrew Ross said you need to think about labor laws and that's something that I hadn't ever considered. So then they talked about you know all of this like you know the site selection your market condition your market selection that kind of stuff is going to influence your commercial model and what is your commercial model going to be? Is it going to be a kind of a, a day use a day trip where people just come and go, you know, for a little surf session and leave? Uh, Or is it going to be more in the hospitality sector where you've got people coming in and staying a few days and staying there overnight, so you need to have accommodations and in restaurants and shopping and such? Or are you going to integrate real estate, you know, have homes or condos to sell, uh, or any combination of the above? You also need to consider the seasonality of your location, you know, because all of this is going to impact impact the how you're going to generate return for your shareholders and all this also impacts the selection of your the wave technology that you're going to use each space each model each site uh, has the right technology for your surf park. you need to look at your wave as a product and equate that to your market higher-end products may bring higher-end customers but is that your market? And you know, you need to really figure out what technology is going to appeal to your demographic in your area. You wanna look at which tech is gonna bring you the most variety because these different technologies, they have different ways uh, to move and shape the water. And you don't wanna have just one kind of wave. You wanna have a variety and that way you can appeal to uh, a broader spectrum. Of customers you also need to consider the frequency of the wave because that plays into your earning power the number of servers times the wave frequency is gonna equate to a good commercial outcome hopefully and the last thing that regarding technology is the technology is going to develop and it's going to get better and hopefully cheaper and as things do develop and and the business models get fleshed out a little bit better, and financial formas get nailed down better. There's going to be less risk to potential investors. And then they talked about the front of house experience, meaning the experience that customers have when they first get to your surf park. And what they really emphasize is you really need to prepare for a for huge demand when you first, especially when you first open, because there's going to be a, a big demand and you're going to have more visitors than your local target market you're going to pull in people from outside of your area so you need to be prepared for that and you have to have good booking software to handle just getting absolutely slammed and in that first customer engagement you, you need to also create a system that through the process of checking in it checks all the boxes that that you need to cover because. People aren't going to listen. They're going to be new at your surf park. They're going to be jazzed on getting out and surfing, and they're going to like just tune everything out except the waves. All they're going to be thinking about is surfing. And so, you know, if you're going over safety, they probably won't hear it. And so, you need to have a checklist, and you need to go through the checklist with them to make sure they sign the waiver make sure you go over all the safety issues and probably possibly most importantly is you need to make sure that they select the proper wave because many people aren't going to give you their correct experience level or they might think that they're a high intermediate borderline expert and you know and they've seen all the pros doing airs and getting tubed. And they're gonna think I want that wave and they're gonna say I'm, I'm really good and I can handle that but in reality they can't and so you need to make sure that there's the proper wave selection for your customer otherwise they're not gonna have any fun and that's where the experience comes in you need to make sure that they they have a good experience when they're there and then they have fun and you want to look at their experience as you know what can you do to differentiate yourselves from other things you know other other surf parks even you know not necessarily other recreational activities in the area but you want to really figure out how you can differentiate and one thing that your surf park is going to need according to the panel is you're going to need authenticity you're not going to be operating as a water park you're not a water park you're a surf park and so your people your customers are going to likely want a lifestyle type experience they want to experience the surfing lifestyle and so it's not all about surfing but maybe it's about you know you know having a little rum punch on the beach or something so you need to like look at look at it beyond just surfing and furthermore you really need to figure out how to balance integrating the new surfers with the pros and how to help them coexist because they're gonna have two different waves The guys surfing new waves or the newbies are going to want to be surf a different wave than the pros. And so you need to figure out how to how to work, how to keep both of those happy. And you also need to help those on the journey from learning how to surf to becoming an expert. And you need to you need to have a plan in place for walking somebody through that, because those new surfers, hopefully they're going to come back. And they're going to get better and better and better and and so you need to have a plan in place to help that journey and then one of the last things that we're going to talk about is inducting your non-surfer employees now you're probably going to get employees that know how to surf and they're going to know the lingo and they and they can advise people but your employees that don't surf you're going to want to get them out there in the water just so they can start learning a little bit more and, and they really need to know the product and that all then leads to a more authentic experience and people need to be able to answer surf questions and you need a strong team and your employees they have to fit in with that surf lifestyle. You want them to know the lingo. You want them to understand how a wave breaks. You want them to understand the different parts of the wave so that when your customers come, they can really feel that you have an authentic surf experience at your surf park. And finally, in your marketing, you want to call the waves opportunities and not waves. You don't want your customers coming in thinking that they're gonna catch or they're gonna be guaranteed 10 waves because if they don't catch them for some reason they might be disappointed and say you know I only caught six waves you said I was gonna catch 10 waves instead you want to call them opportunities and that way if they don't catch it it's on them and so you want to give them 10 10 12 opportunities to catch waves that's it for this segment if you like this information you found it helpful please like it share it comment and follow my channel Or if you'd like to join a surf park mastermind group, click the link in the description below and give me your email address. And together, we can build barrels all over the world. Thanks again for dropping in. I'm kicking out. See ya.